What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Tom Westrom. I'm joined by Nicole Yang and Chris Grenham. And we're going to get into a couple of things today. The biggest topic that we're going to tackle is a point of real contention brought to us by Twitter user Mr. Positive. Shout out, Mr. Positive. We are going to talk about whether or not we think the Celtics or the Wizards roster is better this year. Before we do that, we did want to talk briefly about the Celtics Summer League roster, which is taking shape. The Celtics second round pick this year, Juwan Begarin. Talked to the media a little bit today. Just kind of an introductory thing. Not too much particularly noteworthy came out of that, but interesting to get our first chance to chat with him, to hear from him and just kind of see where he's at. Any takeaways from his conversation with the media earlier this morning? More than anything, I'm excited that we're going to get a chance to see him. I was fully under the impression that he was going to end up back in France and he wasn't going to get a chance to play at Summer League. It sounds like he himself made a a little bit of a push to play Summer League. He wanted to show what he has and kind of showcase his skill set. He said he asked Brad Stevens, and I think that's pretty cool. It shows he's pretty motivated at this point, even though he knows he's still a young, raw prospect. But Tom, you tweeted about that. Like He's still going to be pretty raw. It's not going to be perfect by any means at Summer League. But I think my main takeaway from this morning is the fact that we're actually going to get to see him, which is a surprise to me, and I'm pretty excited. Yeah, and I feel like that's really the only takeaway you can have at this point is just it's going to be exciting to see him. It's going to be nice that unlike with Yom, we're going to get to see him right away, not going to have to sort of build up up the hype wait a year like it's awesome and hopefully hopefully it's a good experience for the two of them this summer league roster as a whole has a lot of intrigue with the two european players and then also with like the celtics young guys who are trying to prove themselves and carve out a role on the roster Yeah, it feels like this could actually be a really impactful summer league. I genuinely feel like I can learn things. I think training camp will mean a lot more. You know, I think uh, obviously the lead up to the season will mean a lot more, but summer league will be our first look at some guys who actually have a real chance to potentially make the roster, potentially contribute. It would be really encouraging for the Celtics if those guys look really good at summer league. Yeah, also I think in some of the games where you're not getting Peyton Pritchard, you're not getting Romeo Langford, because I don't think those guys expect to play a full slate of games, you're still going to get a pretty fun and more than anything, just an intriguing group. Like you get a look at Sam Hauser, who is a really good shooter, but I'm not really sold on the rest of his game. That kind of thing will be fun. Diedrich and KJ Lawson. I feel like we haven't heard those names in a long time. Like big basketball fans, they know who those guys are. So that'll be interesting to see them. Eric Holman is a cool potential G League project that has a really fun, versatile game. So there are good players on this roster too, beyond the guys who are fighting for those roster spots. So I think overall, it's, it's a really fun group. And the Celtics still have a two-way spot open, right? They're probably guys who are hoping they can catch on in that manner. I mean, we've already kind of talked about why it doesn't make the most sense for Yamadar to come over on a two-way. So I, I wonder if it'll end up going to somebody on the Summer League roster. Yeah, it's it's interesting because a lot of those guys like Zach August and Eric Holman and the Lawsons, they're on the older side. So you got to wonder what they're kind of looking for. Are they targeting Maine for those guys? Maybe just to have them there kind of in the reserves or I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what they ultimately do with that final two-way slot. Much like the Celtics roster where, you know, if you're on this team, you'll have a chance to play. I feel like the summer league, the Celtics are kind of an attractive place for real prospects to play because there actually is a slot that could be won, right? Like that, right. that extra two-way slot, you could potentially claim it. You know, it, it is an option for the Celtics. That'll be interesting to see. 
So let's get into it. Are the Boston Celtics better than the Washington Wizards as currently constructed? I think the answer is unequivocally yes, but I will give you guys the chance to make the the case. Okay, I'll let Grenham take it away because he is Mr. Wizard. But I will start by speaking for both of us and saying the Celtics have more top-end talent, obviously, with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. However, I don't even think they have the two best players because I think it goes Jason Tatum and then Brown. Bradley Beal, and then Jalen Brown. But again, I don't want it to be misinterpreted that we are anti-Jalen and Jason. They both are very good players. I think it's just the rosters as a collective where we start to think the Wizards might have the edge. Right. It's possible for us to think that the top of the Celtics roster is better, but the Wizards have the better overall roster. And that's sort of where I stand right now. The Celtics depth sucks. Like it's terrible. It's really, really bad. I know there are nice additions in there, like Josh Richardson and Al Horford. And Al Horford can still play. And Josh Richardson's fine too. But beyond that top, top of the roster, I don't like having Marcus Smart as potentially that third offensive contributor there at all. I just think the overall roster on paper, again, we'll get into the specifics here. I don't think the Celtics overall roster is better than the Wizards on paper right now. So I have a four-year-old, you know, if I ever get around to teaching him about money, which I have not done yet, the first thing I will do is I will hand him a dollar bill and say, do you want this dollar bill or do you want these two dimes? Like, which is more money? And the answer, of course, is the dollar bill. The Celtics have two dollar bills. The Wizards have a dollar bill and a bunch of pennies. Whatever I would you want argue that the Wizards have a dollar bill and a bunch of dimes and the Celtics have two dollar bills and a bunch of pennies. Yeah, I would agree okay. with that. Yeah, that's fair. Who are the dimes here, right? Like Rui Hachimura, sure. I will kind of give you Spencer Dinwiddie, although I think you guys are wildly overestimating that man. Why? You don't think Spencer Dinwiddie? From three. He's a worse. But he's not going to shoot that much on this. He's not going to shoot. But he's not going to shoot that much on this Wizards roster. I really don't think he's going to. Who else is going to? I mean, obviously, Davis Bertans, Corey Kispert, Kyle Kuzma. like. But he's going to have a huge offensive role. They're bringing him in to be their number two scorer. And I think he's going to fit pretty well next to Beal. I honestly do. And I'm not saying he's like better than anyone at the top of their roster. Like, I'm not comparing Spencer Dimwitty to Jalen Brown. I don't think he compares favorably to Marcus Smart. I don't think the argument here is a one-for-one and like better like head-to-head. I think it's just the Wizards as a collective when you look at the pieces that they have versus the Celtics. Their pieces are obviously Jalen and Jason and then Marcus and then hopefully Rob Williams is healthy. Which, side note, two Wizards players, you have to say the same thing about hopefully they're healthy. Spencer Nidwinnie and Thomas Bryant. You don't know anything about those guys either. That's fair. Thomas Bryant. I have been so high on Thomas Bryant for so long. I cannot fall off this hill, so I'm here. (laughs) Also, Rob isn't healthy most of the time. I think durability plays an important role here. And beyond Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and I guess Marcus Smart, I I just don't trust a lot of the Celtics roster beyond that. I trust the Wizards depth a lot more than I do the Celtics depth. I just don't think like the middle of the Celtics roster is very good at all. And I said this to you guys a bunch of times, like I don't think either of these teams are very good. I think this goes to show the state of both of these teams that we're having a like fiery debate over which one is better. Like I see, but I I think this is where we differ. 
differ because I am like, I'm not, I'm not like high on the Celtics, but I'm clearly higher on them than you guys, because I think they are significantly better than the Wizards. Like, I honestly don't think it's that close. We talked so much about how bad their bench was the past two seasons. They have done nothing to address that. I don't know if you look at the Wizards depth pieces, Kyle Kuzma sure has had like tough nights, but like Kyle Kuzma is not a great player. We're all on the same page where Kyle Kuzma, KCP are not good players. They're better than a lot of the bench pieces that the Celtics have. Like the Celtics, just as Nicole said, they haven't done anything to improve their depth. And I get it. They're standing pat moving toward next year. Like what? Do you think they actually have improved their depth? Well, they got Richardson. Like that's not nothing. Like he's no Richardson's fine but like i don't think yeah. that's a piece that's really KCP gonna really move the fine. needle but kcp and kuzma are fine like that's the same thing like kcp can shoot but like aaron holiday's a really good backcourt piece too like he was very good with indiana last year if we're gonna be like doing aaron holiday as like a, like a real impact guy here i don't feel like i mean aaron neesmith was like pretty good in a season where he had no offseason like I, i'm not aaron neesmith like, runs around with his head cut off and like runs into things he's going sure. i think he's going to be good i don't trust him to be a reliable every night guy at this point i get that but like i I mean, we're doing some projection here with like, right. like if we're going to say that Kyle Kuzma is going to be like a useful bench piece, part of what we're doing is we're projecting that he's off the Lakers and the Lakers development team is terrible. Like I'm willing to say that yeah. Kyle Kuzma could be better with the Wizards. That makes sense. But like, I think if we're going to do that projection, we should also do the projection of like, hey, Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard, like, yeah, they, they weren't like good in their first season, but they looked like they were going to be NBA players. And now they have like a full off season. Like that's projection that I think we need to do too. But regardless, yeah. that's not even my point. My point is that like let's just say that the Celtics start Richardson Marcus Smart Josh Richardson Jalen Brown Jason Tatum uh Robert Williams is so much better than whatever starting lineup the Wizards will put out there and I know like the depth is different and the Celtics struggled with depth and they didn't improve much that starting lineup is probably like a B and obviously their bench is going to drag them down and that's going to be the big problem but like the Wizards starting lineup is not a B plus I don't know that I think it's a B minus it's at least a B minus Beal is awesome I'm really low on Spencer Dinwiddie I don't think he's very good. I like Gafford. You know, Hachimura's fine, but like... I just like Dimwitty's skill set next to Beal. There's a big if there if he's healthy. That's a major question mark, but I think his skill set's going to work pretty well next to Beal. But no, you're you're right about the starting lineups. That's like, I'm pretty fixated on the depth because that was a just so, so bad for the Celtics last year, and I really don't think it's changed all that much. You're fixated on depth because that makes your point. I'm fixated on starting lineup because that makes my point. But it's regardless. almost like this is an argument that we both want to win. It's... <laughs> <laughs> for me the big problem is that like the drop-off to me from Beal to the rest of the Wizards roster is just a chasm like it's not close and and for the Celtics the drop-off from Tatum to the next guy on the roster isn't nearly as far because they have Jalen Brown and I think that matters a lot I, and I know that the drop-off from you know Jalen Brown Jason Tatum Marcus Smart Robert Williams to the rest of the Celtics roster is pretty chasm as well but like that's four pretty good players and maybe Rob isn't healthy but I'd be much more willing to bet on Rob being healthy and Al Horford being pretty good than I would be to bet on anything really working with that Wizards group. I think our assessment of KCP and Kyle Kuzma versus the Celtics promising young players, like to me, given what we've seen so far, most teams would rather have those two guys, KCP and Kyle Kuzma, than any of the Celtics promising young players for a team this upcoming season. Sure, they have a higher ceiling and maybe a brighter future ahead of them, but if you need a contributor, like a rotation player, this upcoming season, I 
think most teams would side with the Wizards than the Celtics. I don't disagree with that at all. That I agree with completely. On the other side of that, I, I also see Tom's point of saying I'd rather side with this top four than the Wizards top four. Like I get that portion of it too. So like, I don't think this is like a landslide of an argument on either side, but we do have very important news that could sway either side of this year. Um, the Wizards rescinded their qualifying offer for Garrison Matthews. Nicole and I might have to like reconvene, discuss some things. He's an important depth piece here that Scott Brooks played. Oh boy, we hate to see that depth. Well, now that Scott Brooks isn't there, he's not going to play guys like Garrison Matthews 20 minutes a night. That was nauseating. So I'm thrilled that Wes Unsell Jr. is now in there running the show top-end talent wins. And the Celtics have so much better top-end talent than the Wizards. Bradley Beal is awesome. But Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are so much better than... That duo is so much better than the Wizards than the Wizards crew. Yeah, but that duo didn't show me enough last year for me to say they are, like, so clearly the better roster. They left a lot to be desired, which is why I'm leaning toward the Wizards. They lost Westbrook and added Dinwiddie. Like, I know what Russell Westbrook is a little older, but, like, he's so much better than Spencer Dinwiddie. If you watched what Westbrook did to the Wizards offense last year, you would he was not a productive player for that team besides like a 20, no, like a 10 game stretch late in the year. Like he ruined that offense. It was bad. I am not convinced. Again, but again, this is like top to bottom on paper. I can't get away from the depth and the lack thereof on the Celtics side. Like it's concerning to me if I'm a Celtics fan. Oh, I look, I think Celtics fans should be concerned about this season. My point is not that the Celtics are some juggernaut. My point is that they're better than the Wizards. (laughs) Incidentally, I will say, I will note this, Russell Westbrook was a much more efficient offensive option than Spencer Dinwiddie was in Spencer Dinwiddie's healthy season. Yeah, I think Spencer Dinwiddie's going to actually be pretty nice next to Beal. What Russell Westbrook did with the Wizards offense last year, Spencer Dinwiddie's not going to do that in this system. There's no way he does that. I would be shocked if he did. If he has the same volume next season as Russell Westbrook, I will be dumbfounded. Russ's usage was insane on that roster last year. There's no way Dinwiddie runs to that level. Spencer Dinwiddie will get his role a little bit more. Westbrook would take over situations that he had no business taking over. It was, it made me want to cry. It was terrible. <laughs> also, Scott Brooks just I, let I him guess, run wild. I guess, I, I guess, but the thing though is that like, like who else is going to shoot on the Wizards roster? Like I, I could see Dinwiddie having a similar usage to Westbrook because like, I mean, I know it's, I know the answer is Beal, but like Beal can't take every shot. I, I, I we'll, we'll see. I, I can step back from this one. Yeah. I think we're at the point where we're running in circles a little bit. Yeah. I do think Tom in general is higher on the Celtics roster than we are. I don't think they're going to be great, but like, I think they're going to be a little bit better than you guys do. But let's talk more about like the actual roster because I feel like we haven't yet and we've just focused so much more on like the plan and (laughs) Brad Stevens' vision. Looking at this roster, like what do we have? Obviously, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Then you have Marcus Smart, Peyton Pritchard, Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, Chris Dunn, Carson Edwards, Aaron Neesmith, Grant Williams, Jabari Parker, Bruno Fernando, Rob, Al Horford, and Ennis. Basically everything Grenham said in between Marcus Smart and Rob, not including Ennis, is like tough. At the very least, like major question marks. Yeah, other than Josh Richardson, I think it's pretty scary in there. Well, I mean, they're probably going to trade Chris Dunn. Like, we'll see what they get back for that. And if sure they don't, hope not. If they don't, I mean, he's not an offensive option, but he's like a, he's a productive defender for sure. If they um, don't, he could be a genotype guest. It'd be great. <laughs> 
Yeah, but, you know, then I, obviously they haven't completed the Tristan Thompson trade yet. We don't know what they're trying to add to that. Like Whatever they add, like if they trade Chris Dunn, what's the return going to be? Maybe they have a target. Maybe they have somebody they actually like and, you know, they throw in a pick or something like that. Like, I, I don't know. Because, yeah, I mean, Chris Dunn straight up for somebody probably isn't going to bring you back much. But, I mean, if there's a guy on an expiring deal who could help this team, I don't think it would be crazy to spend a little bit to, to go get somebody to help. I also think a good contending team could be willing to go and grab Chris's expiring deal, not for a lot, but grab his expiring deal because he's a useful defensive piece off the bench. Like he's really, really useful as a backcourt defender. So like a contender, maybe that's intriguing to grab his expiring deal. Again, you're not going to give up all that much for Chris Dunn's expiring contract, but you could get some bites there. But so looking at that roster, what would you identify as like the biggest areas of weaknesses? Like depth, I feel like is a leading one. Scoring. Obviously, Jalen and Jason should have no problem. There will be plenty of shots for them, but... Scoring scoring's a real issue. I, I think I think scoring might be bigger than depth. Because, like, yeah, I mean, depth is is, is tough. And, and depth matters. Like, we saw that last year. But I, I don't think it matters as much as just, like, putting points on the board. <laughs> I get it. Like, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't think this team is particularly good by any stretch. The, the one guy who I think is going to be significantly better this year is Aaron Neesmith. I think Peyton Pritchard will be fine. I think he'll be a lot like he was last year, but Neesmith is like, is young and just looked so raw for such long stretches last year, but he still had the jumper. He still, he showed a little bit more offensively than we thought he was going to. Like, I, I think, I think there's some, some potential with him where it's reasonable to be optimistic about what he might do. Yeah, I think it's definitely reasonable to be optimistic. He showed some nice glimpses late in the year where he just looked more comfortable. Like he was so frazzled every time he ran out on the court in his early appearances. And you could tell it kind of slowed down a little bit for him. And he has an actual offseason. He didn't get a real offseason after he got drafted. So he was kind of in a tough spot. But yeah, looking at this roster from a scoring standpoint, early on at least until maybe Neesmith can take on a bigger role or something like that, this team is going to rely pretty heavily on Al Horford to to be a, you know, a relatively solid and consistent offensive player, right? Because in 28 games last year with OKC, he averaged 14 points. Like It's not like Al Horford is cooked and washed or anything like that. He can still provide some, but he's not the most durable player at this point in his career either. So that's a concern. If you're looking for him to provide you double-digit scoring every night, that could be a little bit worrisome as well. So this is why, and I know when we initially reacted to the Ennis Cantor signing, we immediately labeled him as a third-string center who's not probably going to have that much of a role. I think we might see more of Ennis Cantor than we initially expected because Ennis Cantor last year averaged 11.2 points, 11 rebounds, like... Wait, real quick, just what were your initial reactions, like right away, gut reactions when you got the notification on your phone, Celtics have re-signed Ennis Cantor? Like I laughed. When yeah. I, was, I was like, this is hilarious. I chuckled too, yeah. I don't have Woj or Shams alerts on anymore. And so when I saw your text about Ennis, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then I went to Twitter and I was like, oh my God, they actually did Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, like we talked about it on the last episode. I, I feel like it's fine. Like as like a third yeah. string center. Sure. Like again, he's on a one year deal. It's a vet minimum. Like, like I said on the last episode, like it looks tougher than it actually is because the Celtics did trade that pick to get off him. So like they did trade Desmond Bain would have actually helped their depth. So that is, that is a tough look, but like it is a sunk cost and bringing him back isn't a bad idea. I just think we might see more of him than we think. Like Al's 35. Who knows what Rob's availability is? Like I think Ennis is probably going to get like last year he averaged 24.4 minutes. 
minutes. So I don't think we'll see that much of him, but I think we'll get like, I don't know, 15 minutes per game from him. It's not as bad as it seems on the surface. Like it's fine. It's an expiring deal. He can provide them some useful minutes this year. It's almost like a bridge deal just to get him to next off season. And you know, all he's these not, deals are bridges. they're all bridge deals. The whole roster besides Jalen and Jason is essentially a giant bridge to next summer. And that's fine. And Ennis is a good sturdy bridge to throw in there. So I agree. I don't think it's as bad as people initially thought it was. So just to keep the argument alive here for our draft today, we're going to do a, a selection of Celtics and Wizards players. But first we do want to hear about our good friends at the Shades on Beer Company. All right. So as the Gino Time listeners know, the Gino Time draft is brought to you by our friends at the Shades on Beer Company. They're the makers of the delicious Gino Time Stout, which is now available. So if you're in New England or in the Boston area, keep an eye out for the Gino Time Stout and all Shades on Beer Company products. If you're in Rhode Island, you're a Celtics fan in Rhode Island, check out Shades on's Beer Garden and Tasting Room, which is in West Kingston. And again, if you live in New England, you live in the Boston area, keep an eye out for all of Shades on Beer Company products, even beyond the Gino Time Stout. What we're going to do today is we're going to pick, I believe, three on three teams. Nicole, I assume we know who gets the first pick. So who gets second and third? Okay, but I actually ran the randomizer again, and I will send a screenshot, and I did get the first pick. Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah, sure. Great. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Followed by Grenham. Definitely not the Joker. Thumbs down reaction. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I feel like the first round is going to be pretty straightforward. I'm going to take Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, good player. I'm going to take his good friend, Bradley Beal. I'm going to take Jalen Brown and the fourth best player on these two teams, Marcus Smart. Now it all comes down to, this is an interesting spot, right? Because I don't trust Rob's durability. So I'm either going to take... Really? Or do I go? I'm going to go with Spencer Dimwitty just because Tom doesn't believe in him. So give me the combo of Bradley Beal and Spencer Dimwitty that I believe in because I love my team. Anytime you can take like the ninth best player in a, in a pool with the fifth pick, you have to do it. Oh, get out of here. (laughs) I will take Rui Hachimura and then... With my third pick, rounding out the squad. So are we just doing three? Or are we going to go? Uh, yeah, let's do three on three. So I've recently developed a strong bias toward Contavious Caldwell Pope because I started watching his wife's YouTube channel. and her, We need to clip. Just- we need <laughs> We need to clip that. I've recently developed a strong bias toward Gondavious Caldwell Pope. You made history there, Nicole, as the only person who's ever said that collection of words in that order in the history of the human language. <laughs> Bradley Beal's wife also has a very nice YouTube channel. I, I watch both of their videos. <laughs> this is why you agree with Grenham. <laughs> hey, that's depth as well. It helps. I think I'll take Rob with my pick. Yeah, you took the next best player by far. That was a good pick. <laughs> No, give me Thomas Bryant. I would have taken Thomas Bryant third for sure. Thomas Bryant was really good before he got hurt last year. It's probably not true. I probably would have taken Rob before him, but still, I really like Thomas Bryant. Yeah. I like Thomas Bryant. He is my third favorite player on the Wizards in terms of talent. And it, no, is he third or second for me? I don't know. I think he's better than Spencer Dinwiddie. Tom Heath. About- <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you really felt this way about Spencer Dimley. I just don't think he's that good. I think I think we are really overestimating what a acceptable role player is going to bring to this Wizards team, being thrust into a role where he is basically what he was with the Nets before. And that Nets team wasn't very good. I don't see the vision. It's not... It's not that I think Spencer Dinwiddie is bad. It's that I think he, I mean, obviously I say that all the time because I'm, <laughs> I'm 
in hyperbole, but it's not that I think he's bad. It's just like, I, I think that we are really overestimating what he actually is going to bring to this Wizards team. Regardless, I'm going to take Al Horford. I think Horford and Jalen and Smart is a perfectly good combination of players. Like I don't, I mean, I could take Gafford. I like the fact that Horford can space the floor and I like his know-how. He's a veteran. He's been around a lot. So Tom drafted all Celtics and Grenham drafted all Wizards. Again, I do need to make clear. I don't more Celtics than Wizards, so I win the argument. I don't think that the Celtics suck by any means. I just think that the Wizards roster as it stands right now is a a little bit better. I don't know. I think Spencer Dinwiddie and Bradley Beal pressuring. I I just I think they're going to work pretty well together. I don't know, man. Okay. (laughs) Like if I keep going, I'm just going to keep making it sound like I think Spencer Dinwiddie is the worst basketball player in the world, and I don't. But like I just Spencer Dinwiddie is like a good driving guard. I don't think he's going to shoot as much in this system where I think that's going to amplify his his driving ability. And I think him and Beal are going to do pretty well just attacking the rim. Well, I mean, if Beal does the scoring for both of them, I think it's going to work out great. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, I think we can leave it there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We this was fun. You. This is fun. <laughs> and uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you know where to find us. We will talk to you all again later this week.